0: bears nation with the 39th pick in the 2022 nfl draft chicago bears select db from washington kyler gordon it's time for the
1: bears nation
0: podcast, podcast. it's like radio but it's not on the radio Touchdown, Chicago!
1: with kevin lapka
0: there's a new sheriff in town you have clearance Clarence. i am a golden god and
1: jake hassan
0: i'm rich and i'm dead
1: with the 48th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Jaquan Brisker, defensive back, Penn State. See you in the Super Bowl. Football is football, man. Where are you playing? Hot it's Bears Nation. We're on a mission
0: from God.
1: Bears Nation Podcast post-draft. I'm sure everyone has a lot of feelings. I know Kevin has a lot of feelings. Um you, we'll get into it. We'll break down the picks that were and uh break down Ryan Poles' process and what went down on draft night, draft weekend, because obviously the Bears did not have a first round pick, and Ryan Poles did not trade back into the first round, like some people surmised might happen, didn't happen. So we will get into everything. But just first want to say Kevin awesome i texted you this awesome job on the draft coverage i couldn't make it kevin held it down spectacularly did an absolutely unbelievable job i told you this i'm really proud of you man you crushed it so just well done and now we uh i'm back and we're gonna we're gonna go through what is sure to be a very even keeled and i'm sure calm episode
0: yeah, we missed you this weekend, but it was a lot of fun to do that uh the live draft episode. We never done that before. So to get, you know, our live reactions as the Bears continually did not take Justin and Ross uh was was funny. I know Shane, who's in the chat right now, was there and I know uh he probably could attest that it was a good time. We were, you know, Weezer was performing. We were roasting Weezer throughout the whole thing. It was Hi. Uh cuz why like why weezer at the NFL draft? Like, I don't need Weezer. Are you just not a Weezer guy? Nah, I'm not a huge Weezer guy, but also like they were pausing the draft so they could show Weezer. And I was like, we don't need this. Let's get to the Bears next. It was just it was just a lot of fun in the chat. And we also we did some breakdowns on YouTube. So you guys want to check out uh the breakdowns, you can see them there. But Jake's back, and I, I really I haven't talked to Jake about you know, we've texted a little bit, but I don't know where you're at with these picks. So I'm excited to break them down, discuss them and, and you know, give, you know, I don't want, I don't want to give grade because I think drafting uh, draft grades are stupid and they make zero sense because they're so subjective based off of like how you evaluate a player. Um, but let's do it, man. And I am Scott says leader of the Braxton Jones fan club is here. OK, um, <laughs> if that's really what you want to do, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm excited. Let's let's see what we got. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, we might as well just start, I mean, right off the top, the bears kept both of their second round picks mm-hmm. uh, that were near the top of the first round and everyone's worst nightmare came true. I mean, we tried to, uh, I, I specifically tried to tell people that if someone on offense wasn't there, they likely weren't going to reach for someone in the second round. It, it didn't have to be a receiver. I'm um, Pickens was there, but he slid quite far. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of good players the slid team, in this draft. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, uh, yeah, N'Kobe D, Malik Willis being the obvious headliner, sliding all the way to the third round after people were saying, oh, he's going seven to the Panthers. Um, Obviously quite the slide. but, um, you know, receivers went early, and they went often in in this draft. And people were excited to get their hands on these athletes, and it it showed. And so the Bears uh, didn't have anyone slide, didn't have a receiver slide to them. Um, So they ended up taking Kyler Gordon corner out of yes, washington man. and jaquan brisker who i somehow picked in my, r- in my run uh pro football folks when we did our own mock drafts i that was hilarious uh a literal laugh out loud moment but jaquan brisker safety out of penn state um i mean we'll start there kevin you get you get two starters right off the bat i mean you have positions in exactly. need and i said this i said this when we did our run-throughs Two obvious glaring needs on this team, and you get two starters from day one. Uh, A lot of people were surprised that Gordon made it to the second round. Uh A lot of people had first-round grades on him. Ryan Poles himself said in all our mocks when he slid uh, to the second round in our simulations, we said just ignore it because there's no way he's going to be there, and there he was. So I'm some hesitation and some questions about whether Gordon can stick as an outside corner or whether he'll be in a nickel corner or a slot corner. Um, in the duration of his career, but they're going to start him outside opposite Jalen Johnson on day one. And then Brisker obviously plugs in right next to Eddie Jackson from day one.
0: Look, this is a phenomenal, uh, talk about Kyler Gordon, this is a phenomenal pick in the second round. You know, if you've been listening to this show throughout the whole draft process, you know, that's not a name we mentioned. Well, I'll tell you why. I did my due diligence on cornerbacks. I didn't do my due diligence on Kyler Gordon because I didn't think he was going to be available at 39. I simply didn't. I liked what I saw on tape. I said, I'm not going to do as much uh, analysis on him and research on him as I will on, say, a Jalen Petrie, who I know is going to be available at 39. I didn't think (laughs) Kyler Gordon was getting out of the first round. But here he goes. This was one of the deeper cornerback. Classes and they get a very very talented player in Kyler Gordon. Let's talk about him and some of his traits. He's very physical and he's extremely athletic. He had a 9.69 RAS score, which ranked 68th out of 2,000 cornerbacks since like the the late 1990s. I don't remember what exact year, but that 9.69 RAS, which is raw athleticism score or relative athleticism score rather, uh, is it, just an, ex, an insane number. And what's interesting, the reason why he fell at 39, people are wondering, well, you know, why did he fall so far and why were, why was he supposed to be a first runner? Well, was people saw that athleticism on tape? And it was there throughout the year, throughout his time at Washington. You saw that raw athleticism. And if you watch the tape, you'll see it. At the combine, his numbers were not. He just had a bad day. He ran a 4'5, 240. His, his three-cone drill and the shuttle weren't as fast as he wanted in the B. Everyone started to get concerned about whether that was really, you know, what his times were. But coaches at Washington, we're getting a lot of comments on our YouTube video breakdown of him that said coaches of Washington were saying he's been running four-three-four-four. 3 four, four, throughout their process he just had a bad day at the combine but that is what allowed him to fall and honestly you can say the Bears got a steal when you watch the tape it reminds me he reminds me a lot of Kyle Fuller the way he gets back to the football the way he reacts the way he moves he's a little bit more athletic and obviously more physical and stronger than Kyle Fuller but they are very very similar type players so when we watched the tape I was like that he looks exactly like Kyle Fuller obviously he did you don't want Kyle Gordon had the same exact career arc is Kyle Fuller because, of course, Kyle Fuller had sort of a, a, an interesting career arc with the weird years early on, and then he peaked in 2018 where he's one of the better cornerbacks in the league and then has, has declined since. I think Kyler Gordon is going to be an impact player from the start, and he's obviously more physical than Kyle Fuller ever was, but he's a really good tackler. He has the ability to make you know plays in the backfield, tackles for loss, and he has the flexibility to play outside and slot. This is a extremely, extremely good pick, and you're right. When you talk about, well, why, Bears fans are so upset that they didn't take Pickens either at there or at 49 or or wherever he was available. Well, you know, you could still make the argument. I, I think I said on this show, wide receivers the bigger position of need but you could argue that cornerback was and you are getting a instant day one playmaker who is going to be in my opinion similar to what Jalen Johnson was for you his first year which was an extremely effective impact player who made an impact on your defense and was a cornerstone of that defense the moment he stepped on the field Kyler Gordon will be a pro bowler in two years in my opinion this was a big steal and you know I didn't love the pick immediately but the more I looked into it the more I did the research and more I watched the tape, I said, Holy crap, this guy is really, really good. And I'm glad he's on the Chicago Bears.
1: Yeah. And I think polls, one of the first things he said after the draft was, This guy plays faster than he runs. And this was following exactly. that four or five time uh, on the 40 on the 40 yard dash. And he said he plays faster. You can see it. He plays quicker. Uh his in-game speed is way faster than what he ran. So they really like that. Um yeah, I mean anytime that you can get a day one starter from the jump anytime you can like, right. And we said this a couple of years ago about Jalen Johnson, anytime you can have someone who is going to be in there and day one, they know they're the starter. um, That's huge. And especially at a position of need, we saw what happened last year when you didn't have a reliable guy that you could count on when you, when you were throwing Artie Burns out there, when you're throwing Duke out there, when, when you're throwing guys with made up names out there at the end of the year, especially like you got exposed, you got burned. You teams were looking forward to playing the bears defense because you were playing with one corner, essentially yeah. uh, and Jalen Johnson was, you were relying on him for everything. And, and in a, in a division where you have Aaron Rodgers that's going to hurt you and to an extent. Kirk cousins. We're not a Kirk cousins show, but he even Kirk cousins, when you only have one corner, really, he's going to hurt you too, especially when he's throwing to a guy like Justin Jefferson. So I, yeah, I think this is a beneficial pick. Obviously people are pissed and up in arms that an offensive player wasn't taken with one of these picks and that Justin Fields isn't getting enough help, which I mean, it kind of looks like it. Yeah. I mean, that Justin Fields isn't. Yeah, that's a fact, but you worked with what you got. You did. Would you have rather reached for a wide receiver who then just flames out in a year? Tom Scram owns Kirk cousins. That's facts. Um, So it's for what you got at where you got him. I think Gordon's an incredible value and he's going to prove that. And now you have two corners. Now
0: you want to talk about sort of the differences between the regimes now and what we saw from this draft versus what we saw from Ryan pace and. Pick At pick 39, Ryan Pace probably takes George Pickens there because it's a bigger position of need. And it reminds you, what does it remind me of? The reason why I say that the merit behind behind that statement comes from, well, Antoine Winfield, Cole Komet, you know, three years ago. You know, we knew, sure. everyone on the face of the earth knew Antoine Winfield was the better player. And and it was no doubt. And we were saying they're clamoring for them to take him. And they took Cole Komet. And, you know, they reached for a position need. They really needed a tight end. They didn't really need Antoine Winfield Jr., at the time, you know, they had just signed to Sean Gibson, I think, at that point, and they're like, you know, why do you need another younger guy? And then what does Antoinette do that year? He wins the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, it, was he fortunate enough to be drafted to a Super Bowl-caliber team? Yes, but he was one of the better rookies uh, and one of the best defensive rookies from that class, and is still... I mean, he was you know, starting on
1: that team. He was he, he was, was a starting, starting on that, on Super that, Bowl exactly. safety
0: as a rookie. Like, so that,
1: I know you say, exactly. like, oh, yeah, he went to a, a Super Bowl-caliber team, but still, he was good enough to start as a rookie on a Super right. Bowl caliber team. Like
0: that's so not it's, nothing. It, it's not it, it, like the Bears definitely drafted for position of need too. It's not like they just drafted for best player available, but they kind of did both. Sure. Like they kind of got lucky where, you know, as we move on to the Jaquan Brisker prick now and break that down, like he was also a steal at 48. And it wasn't, you know, a reach for a position of need, but it does, it is in an area of the team that is needs to be improved. Like, you know, you could have, if they didn't draft Jacqueline Bisco, you could have said, okay, we have Eddie Jackson and Dane Crookshank and we'll we'll be fine, right? We'll be fine. Well, now you have a secondary when you think about, you know, let's say these five guys, Eddie Jackson, who we think uh, could return to sort of, uh, you know, a lesser version of his 2018 form. Cause that 2018 was one of the better safeties in bears history. Um, and you know, then you have Jalen Johnson, who's improving. Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, Thomas Graham. What do all these guys have in common? They all have a knack for the football. They're all really good at getting after the ball, forcing pass breakups, forcing takeaways. This is going to be a scary secondary, and people are not going to want to throw on them. And the Jaquan Brisker pick, Jake, you called it, so I'll let you kind of talk about him first. I mean, this is a guy who is extremely physical, It has a knack for the football, was making plays in the biggest moments, and I'll get to that. But <laughs> your evaluation on the Brisker pick, you called it. Everyone praised. Just Jake Hassan, you know, it's very – I don't think I got one right. I don't think I got one of my picks right throughout the whole draft. And I, I predicted a trade down, uh, multiple trade downs, but I didn't get one right. Jake did. Jaquan Briskers is a Chicago Bear, and we should be very happy, shouldn't we?
1: I think so. I mean, I, I think he's a really good – I mean, again, kind of back to my point with uh, Kyle Gordon. Like, you get a day one starter. You, you get someone right away at a position yeah. of need. You've been looking for someone to play next to Eddie Jackson for, for going that's, on four years. Adrian
0: now. Amos, basically. Like, Deshaun Gibson like, wasn't, you know. Right. I mean, but even
1: Ha Ha Clinton-Dix was fine. Right. And Sean Gibson's been fine. But you've been looking, and that's why I kind of the Antoine Winfield pick stings more now in the rear view because exactly. you dream of, okay, Eddie Jackson, Antoine Winfield, they could have been together for the last three years now. And you don't. And it sucks, but um, you've been looking, you've been just kind of cycling through these one year deals, these replacements to go next to Eddie Jackson. And now you have that guy. And now you finally have that second younger guy. I mean, Eddie Jackson's you know, starting to get older and but he's still in his the prime of his physical career. Yes. But Yes, I mean, you have Jaquan Brisker, who's there, who is younger, who now you don't have to worry about it, theoretically, for the next two to three years, hopefully. And you've been looking for that. And now it's something where you can say, okay, here's our guy. Um, Eddie Jackson, I think it depends. I think Brisker is not going to actively go and make the, you know, he's not going to be 2018 Eddie Jackson. Like, that's just not going to happen. Like you said, Kevin, that was a historic season for Eddie Jackson, not just in Bears history, but in NFL history. So (laughs) You know, it it was really, really good. I think Brisker is more like Amos in the way that Mm -hmm. he's, like, just safer, more like the the floor is higher. You know what you're getting. Um, Now, I think he's better than Amos in the ability to make those big plays in those moments. Uh, You alluded to the game against Wisconsin, where a final drive, Wisconsin, has the opportunity to win the game at the goal line, and Brisker makes the takeaway. And he seals the game for Penn State, and Penn State goes on to win. So, He's better than Amos in that aspect where he has a better nose for the football Mm -hmm. and can make those plays more often. But he is like Amos in the way that the floor is very high. He's very safe. You don't have to worry about too often. I mean, he's a rookie. He's going to make some mistakes and there's going to be some blown coverages at times. But he has that higher floor. Okay, he's just going to consistently do good things.
0: I totally agree. I mean, this pick to me was unexpected. Again, I thought the bears were like a lock to get a wide receiver with the first two picks. So after they took cornerback sure. at 39, I was like, Real this it. has got to be, this has got to be a wide receiver. Where do you think it was going to be Calvin Austin or, or George Pickens, whoever it may be. So I saw a and I was like, shit, you know, but I was like, damn, that name is, is, is familiar because of what Jake told me. So then I looked more into it and I was like, you're right, man. I mean, this guy has really good awareness in the football IQ. And I remember watching that Penn state, Wisconsin game at my apartment, like live back in the fall. And I remember, you know, I didn't know, obviously, who Jaquan Brisker was and whether, you know, he was a draft prospect at, at the time. But I remember thinking, like, damn, that was a a, a a very good play because it was just his awareness of what was going on. I think they broke down the All-22 on the broadcast, and he just, like, from the jump, knew exactly where – who's the Wisconsin quarterback? Is it Cone? Jack Cone? Jack Cohn, yeah. Yeah, where Jack Cohn was going with the ball, jumped the route. He used both his physical a- a- ability and his athleticism to get there, but there's more his football IQ of just where the ball was going. And again, those are the things you saw from Eddie Jackson in 2018. What made him so good that year? He knew where the ball was going every single play. Is he a very good athlete? Yes. But you think about the Matthew Stafford interception against the Detroit Lions that, that won them the game on Thanksgiving. You think about the interception against Kirk Cousins on Sunday Night Football. Those were plays where he knew exactly what the offense was doing, where Kirk Cousins was going from the from the jump the moment the ball was snapped he jumped those routes and was getting to a spot that's exactly what you saw Jaquan Brisker on that play and the rest of his tape honestly reflects that I mean and and the other thing too similar to Kyle Gordon like this is another very very physical player like Eddie Jackson is not a physical safety which is why I think they needed him to they needed a Jaquan Brisker type player to pair with Eddie Jackson I mean this guy is super strong he's super athletic but he's physical he's gonna lay the boom and We's, we've had questions, right, about Eddie Jackson's tackling and really the tackling for the rest of the secondary, which I didn't mention this about Kyler Gordon. He's also a very good tackler. You have now secured two players who can tackle, which was the most frustrating thing for Bears fans last Boy, year,
1: I I mean, saying, which has been a problem
0: about that. How many times we talk about that, Jake, after a show, we said, what the hell are we doing? You're not touching guys down on opening you know, week right. uh, on the second play of the game. You're not, you know, going making an effort for attack. You're going after punching the ball, which is great, you know, at times. But you got to be able to make a tackle. This is a guy who can tackle, had 10 tackles for loss in his career, six last year, can play in the box, gets after the football in the backfield. I mean, this is a, to me, another really good pick. And, you know, let's address the fact, again, you said Bears fans are mad, right? They go CB, they go, they go safety, they go defensive, both two picks. Well, you know, again, you have to remember what the Bears were bad at this year and and what contributed to their losses just as much as their offensive dysfunction contributed. It was their inability to get takeaways and their ability to allow big plays. Those things deterred the bears from being a successful football team just as much as their flaws on offense and i will die on that hill in my opinion because i mean every you know it, it was you know every other drive you're getting broken down for a 50 yard touchdown guys can't tackle and the other thing is you're not helping your offense because you're not getting takeaways and you're not getting the ball back to your offense in favorable field position so you have now constructed a defense that can help your offense. And through our next pick, we're going to kind of kind of make the argument that you've constructed an offense that can help your defense by staying on the field longer. But the bottom line is, Jake, the reason why these picks make sense and the ideology of them, and you have to understand this as a Bears fan, is they came in with a vision. The Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles, came into this approach, into this draft, with a vision, they said we are going to find fast, explosive players who are going to get takeaways. That is the reason Matt Eberflus was hired, and people forget that he was brought in here to get takeaways and give you what you saw in 2018. And we had this conversation on the draft show, Jake. Um, we said, "Well, what made 2018 so fun? How good was the 2018 offense, Jake? How good was it?" It wasn't that good, was it? It wasn't that great. It I was, mean, aside was from bad. the Buccaneers game, the games that you were winning, the most important games of the season you were winning against the Rams, against the Lions, against the the Vikings Sunday football, those were games where you were often scored under 20 points, you know? But your defense was getting takeaways. That's what made 2018 so fun. That's when That's what's going to make the next three years or four or five, hopefully longer years of Bears football fun, is takeaways from players like Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon. That's why they took these guys. They believe that they are going to win football games based off of getting takeaways, and they are right. And I have to say one more thing before we move on. You know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you've heard me say often you can win with average defense and exceptional offense. You can't win with average offense and exceptional defense. And it probably sounds right now, based off what I'm saying, that I'm contradicting that. I still think you can win with average defense. Don't get me wrong. But. The caveat is, if you're an average defense, you got to be getting after the ball. You got to be getting takeaways because that's what made like you might not have the the number one you know ranked run defense, the number one ranked pass defense. But if you're just like the Colts last year, were just like an average defense, but they got a lot of takeaways, and that's why they were successful. Obviously, they weren't an exceptional offense, which is what held them back. But they were statistically in average which i mean like you know 11th 12th in league defense but they got a lot of takeaways that's what they're trying to build here now they have to sort of surround the the offensive pieces i think they have a foundation on defense and they do have a foundation on offense and we'll talk about that you have anything else to say about brisker or can we move on to valus jones
1: um real quick i do want to say because you bring up an interesting point that i want to touch on sorry <laughs> you did that was an all-time rant but by, uh, by you that was great but um but Building that foundation, we talked mm-hmm. about before this draft and like right after the season I don't know who your foundational pieces were. We talked right. about how on defense you kind of only had Jalen Johnson and Roquan Smith, whereas on offense you had Justin Fields obviously, mm-hmm. David Montgomery probably, you know, running backs, whatever. Yeah, Darnell Mooney being another mm-hmm. one, and then Larry Borm and Tevin Jenkins. There was oh, a disparity. Man. Well, you think, you hope at least guys you who are man. younger who there's at least <laughs> po- potential. Um, you know, and we talked about, we talked about younger guys who maybe aren't foundational yet, but could be, and that's Jenkins and Borum, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was a disparity because really you only had Roquan Smith and Jalen Johnson and you think Eddie Jackson. So there was a need for more guys to be added to that because obviously Cleo Mack is gone. Robert Quinn, he's still on the team for now. We'll see how long that lasts along the defensive line. Kyrus Tonga showing you nice things, but he's a seventh round pick at the end of the yeah. day. Um, you know, Akeem Hicks, gone. Cleo Mack, as I already said, gone. Like there's guys who have been just cycled through already. So, you know, you add those guys, you add Gordon and you add Brisker, boom, You now you're more even. You have that foundation right. now. Exactly. Now you go forward. Now, if you hit on a couple of these late round guys great awesome you're looking good so um that's just oh, thinking the, the building of the foundation i think is good because it did need to happen a little bit on defense so i especially because i mean roquan smith is going to order a lot of money uh and mm-hmm. we'll see, i mean you hope they pay him but we'll hope see what happens it so it, it, so now you're on a more even playing field as far as the disparity between foundational Correct. pieces on Correct. offensive defense and you don't have to worry about that it, still worry about it you still want guys but to a lesser degree over the next probably two years three years um and possibly longer so yeah i mean that's great and then uh let's talk about next when you finally uh the receiver help you finally did get uh viewers jones jr out of tennessee your third round pick i'm just gonna say this off the top everyone who is oh he's 25 oh he's so old shut shut up what is it shut up you're the peak the Production was there at Tennessee. Let's accept that he's fast, he's physical. The production is there, he's from the SEC. It's not like he's some you know D3 school. Yeah, he's 25. Okay, great. Athletes hit their peak at 26, 27, 28 anyway. Realistically, he's a third round pick. He's not staying past this rookie deal anyway. Yeah, in, in, in a realistic, yeah, you would hope so, but. Realistically, how long do you guys stay in the the average career of an NFL player is like 40 three and a half four years anyway? So that's fine. Like everybody hold on to your hats. Like Jesus Christ, it's the sky is not falling. It's fine. You're gonna be fine. You're not you knew from the jump you were not gonna get a star. You weren't getting a Debo Samuel. And that's the thing, too. We're throwing out the Debo Samuel comparisons. Everyone relax, just Take a right. breath. Should, ugh, God, relax. It's not going to be that good, and it's no. not going to be that bad. It's exactly. going to be fine. You're exactly. not drafting him to be a number one. You hope, you think Darnell Mooney could take that next step. and He, he will. Probably, and he looks like he's someone that Ryan Pace hit on in the fifth round. So mm-hmm. what you need is supplemental guys anyway. You need warm bodies at this point. Yeah, okay. He's probably the fourth receiver. It's fine. It's going to be fine. Is it the sexiest pick? Is it when you see John Mechie go ahead of Jaquan Brisker or after Kyler Gordon, does that look great? No. I thought that was a reach for Mechie, honestly. uh, That's what I'm about to say. People think that Mechie was a reach because of his injuries and because of what happened. So here's the thing we've learned about Bears fans in general. They're going to find a reason to be mad. And especially when it's that glaring, the age thing, when it's right there in front of your face, they're going to, they're gonna hold on to it like it's a life raft on the Titanic. Like it's gonna be fine. He can still contribute to this team, he can still be someone Justin Fields exactly. forms a connection with. He does a lot of different things, which I th- we know was what made him attractive to Ryan Poles and the front office. He can do a lot of different things, he can line up everywhere, he can line up out of the backfield. Well, let's see what happens. Let's give the guy a chance. Before and I can't call him a kid because he's older than me. So let's give the guy a chance. Before he is as wild. So let's give the dude a chance and let's see how they use him and go from there. Let's not crucify the guy before he even
0: steps on the field for the bears. Exactly. I think I saw a tweet that was like, if he's scoring touchdowns and getting you a lot of yards, like you're not, that's not going to cross your mind. You're right. not going to think about that. Like that's literally going to be irrelevant. If he's producing, like you're never going to think about that after he draft He scores a to touchdown week one. That. You're
1: not going to say, wait, wait a second. Yeah. This shouldn't yeah, be happening. Drive.
0: He's 25. Never mind. Yeah. Um, I want to address this comment from Shane because again, a lot of this conversation about the, the wide receiver room in this pick honestly is based off of your evaluation of the rest of the wide receiver room. And Shane here says Mooney had 1000 yards in a dumpster fire, Matt and Aggie bill laser offense. And the Fair more point. I thought about it, the more I watched um, his, his tape and, and looked at his sets. I don't think people understand how freaking good Donna Mooney is. Like you don't have to <laughs> underestimate him. And um, I'm trying to find the right word for this, but like, You don't have to undermine his production and his. Potential because he was a fifth round pick. I feel like people do that. They say, well, you know, his ceiling can't be that high because he's fifth. No, throw that out the window. That doesn't matter. Those things don't matter at this point of his career. And honestly, they may not matter ever. But Darnell Mooney sure. has the ability to to me to be a 1,200, 1,300 yard receiver for this team. He is an extremely good player. And I think they know that and they have belief in that. And they think sure. that he can make the leap, that he can be a legitimate number one this year. So there's people who are like, well, you know, where's the rest of the wide receiver help? If you really think about it. If you get 1,300 yards from Darnell Mooney and say you get 800 from Pringle, which I think is completely possible, you don't need that much else. You don't need that much other help. Like that's that's insane production. So I want to just kind of preface my conversation about Bayless Jones with the fact that I think Darnell Mooney is a legitimate number one and will vault himself to, I mean, he was like, I don't know. He was top 10. In re- I think he was top 10 in receiving. Maybe not top 10. He was up there in, in receiving yards. If someone in the chat, looked well, and, up and you exactly. have to
1: consider this also with the fact that at the end, especially, I mean the back half of the season, you know, let's say the last five games, especially you knew what was going like. Allen Robinson was a non-factor. Right. The tight ends were a non-factor. Right. You, you didn't have a real number three, like Demir bird was your third receiver. Now, legend and darnell mooney did all that with that including the matt Nagy factor exactly. including the bill laser factor <laughs> including the justin fields rookie mistakes factor so you take all of that justin fields year two when you generally expect quarterbacks to make their biggest leap year one to year two as far as production and uh on field statistics goes and then you couple that with the fact that okay you have a little bit you know obviously the Allen robinson departure hurts considering what he was last year you have a more Let's call it well-rounded or a fuller wide receiver room, I guess. But you made the the mention of Byron Pringle. Like Byron, baby, he gets eight hundred yards. That's I think isn't that what he had last year season, or did he have six hundred?
0: I want somewhere around there. I want to say it was six. I
1: was somewhere around there. Yeah. But you get that. And then if you get anything out of Cole Komet, you get anything out of Vios Jones Jr. and Daz Newsome. And then you get any – I mean, I think we're expecting Equinomia St. Brown to just be so so. Like, if you can get some of that with, you know, skate around and not everyone's just, okay, Darnell Mooney, let's double team. All right, we're good. Right, right. If you can make that happen, then you're in a decent spot. So you're I, just I fine. agree with you. I, I think there is a potential for Darnell Mooney to become that number one, um, and it, which would be nice because the Bears haven't hit on a late round receiver like that in a while.
0: 568 for Pringle last year. So, and again, there's been a lot of people who are saying, well, we we, there's untapped potential with Byron Pringle, which I think is true considering what he was to that Kansas City offense. Like he was a number three, four guy, you know? And he wasn't on the field every play. He's gonna be the number two. He's going to enter training camp as the number two for the Bears. And we'll see how that changes. But let's break down this Jones Jr. Cause I do have a lot to say about this. This pick. When I saw it, it surprised me at first. And I don't get me wrong; I was angry. If you guys are watching the show, you know, I don't know if Shane was watching at the time, or or I am Skox, or anyone else was watching. You know, I was kind of pissed because at the time, as crazy as that sounds now, I still wanted Justin Ross. Of course, Justin Ross goes undrafted, and like after two you days, were, gets signed you were I, I you were hot
1: about this on Twitter. You were hot about all I, all weekend.
0: I think I tweeted like every ten minutes. I was like, "Where is Justin Ross? What are we doing here? What's going on?" And again, there's, well, you would text me.
1: You would text me like out of Context just like the most angry things. And it made me laugh. So every time, and I always knew, so I would always go to Twitter because I wasn't actively like watching the seventh, sixth, seventh round, but it,
0: it was just like, I mean, pulling it, was up just, the it
1: was just, God, God damn it, bro. I, I would just go to Twitter and search Justin Ross's name. And it was just like,
0: God damn it it was bro. just like yeah, angry. Like,
1: Everything is like, it just, like, well, please move, please move up, or have him fall, or and then just all caps, please, and then down cataclysmically.
0: <laughs> that phrase I took from you. Well, and yeah. I will say it. It became harder because as he kept falling, and as the fifth, as the Bears kept acquiring picks, like. So they ended up having, like, seven picks on day three. So after each pick, I'm like, all right, the next one is Justin Ross. The next one is Justin Ross. The next one is Justin Ross. And it just kept not happening. I was like, fuck, fuck, what are we
1: doing? Well, we doing? and I was searching <laughs> his name on Twitter, and people, like, there were a lot of fans, like, people I know who were tweeting, like, please get, oh, this is a perfect spot for Justin Ross. Like, other, you know, I, I saw, like, Browns fans tweeting. I saw Patriots oh, yeah. fans Every, tweeting it, was, it. I saw – yeah, yeah, that. Everyone knows. So – the yeah, Chiefs I mean, get him. Did, of course, the Chiefs get him. Yeah, right. And now watch. <laughs> I mean, and watch. Watch yeah, what watch.
0: Exactly. Watch him be the greatest undrafted free agent pickup of all time. Well,
1: which, I mean, having Andy Patrick Reed Mahomes is.
0: and Andy Reid exactly. helps. Exactly. That'll help. <laughs> that, um,
1: that, that puts you ahead from but, the jump.
0: No, sh- no, no, no. <laughs> sorry, no. Uh, Justin Ross. We gave Vilas Jones Jr. again. This pick surprised me, and I wasn't happy about it. But as I did the research, there were two stats that stand out, and there were multiple things on tape. But there were two stats that made me understand why the Bears took Vilas Jones Jr. Stat number one: he was graded in the 100th percentile in separation. 100th, yep. was like one, like 999, not, not 98, 100. And when you think about, well, why does that matter, guys? The offensive line was bad last year, but what people fail to understand sometimes when you evaluate those things on the passing offense, offensive line production can sort of go hand in hand with receiver separation. And that has to do with scheme as well. But think about it, right? If Justin Fields is, is, is taking a step, right? And he can't, and no one's getting open. He's going to get sacked. Who does that fall? It falls on the offensive line, but people don't think about the fact that he can't throw the ball because no one's open. The Bears receivers were getting open at one of the lowest rates in the NFL this year. Their separation rates were, were awful. Allen Robinson could not get open for the life of him. Uh, Darnell Mooney like, was getting open at times, but the offense wasn't scheming him open. The other guys weren't getting open at all. He is 100th percentile in separation. You are bringing in players who are going to get open immediately. Second stat as well. He averaged more yards after contact with 4.2, 4.02 per reception and more yards after the catch Eight, with 8.32 per reception, then all wide receivers drafted ahead of him except jameson williams who went to the lions and was the second receiver off the board and why does that matter bears were 30th out of 32 teams in yards after the catch last year all teams in the top 10 of that category last year made the playoffs so you wonder if that matters yes it matters i mean if you just think like throw away the stats think about the bears last year and when you watch them how many times Did you see, aside from the Darno Mooney, like 60-yard touchdown against the Ravens, how many times did you see a receiver catch the ball and run for like five yards after it? Never. You saw the receiver catch the ball. Any yards. Tack, uh, any yard. It's receiver catch ball tackled immediately. Like, receiver catch ball down. Like, that's not how you help your quarterback. And you think statistically, right? You want to pad Justin's stats. You want the Bears to get their first 4,000-yard receiver. Well, guess what? You can make it a little bit easier on Justin if you get some yards after the catch. Does Patrick Mahomes throw for 400 physical air yards every game? No. He throws screen passes to Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek Hill runs it for 70 yards. But guess what? That's 70 yards on paper for Patrick Holmes. Patrick Holmes is the best receiver or best quarterback in the NFL. I'm not trashing him. I'm just saying you can help your quarterback with stats a little bit. If you get yards after the catch, they get a player who can do that in Valus Jones. Now, Valus Jones has a very limited route tree right now. But the thing is, and we were talking about this on our breakdown that's going to come out tomorrow, you, you can teach route running. You can you can teach a more developed route tree. You can't teach speed. You can't teach raw athleticism. I mean, you, you can you can improve athleticism. You can't teach raw athleticism and you can't teach some of the things that vales Jones jr. Possesses. And I think the bears saw that. And they said, Hey, if we have trust in our coaching staff that we can, you know, improve his route tree, improve his route running. And we know he has the physical attributes. We can turn this guy into a real asset. And that's why they took him for the reasons of separation, for the reasons of his yards after the catch and yards after contact, which ranked best in the sec and some of the best in the whole class. And for that raw athletic ability that he has obviously ran the four, three, one. So those for those reasons it made sense to me. I don't know if you where you stood when you immediately saw that pick, you know, on your phone or when you were watching, but it it started to make sense. Like, am I still thrilled about the pick because of where it happened? Maybe not. But do I understand why they took it? A hundred percent. I do at this point. So hopefully with the right development, he turns into a real asset for the team.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't I was very Fine with the pick. Like I was very okay. You took a receiver. It makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, considering your need, considering his production. And so it makes sense to do all this. Uh and do all this. Take this guy here. So yeah, I mean, let's see what he can be. Like you said, he has these non-teachable attributes. Um, and like yep. I said earlier, it's not like he's coming from you know, where like some JUCO or something, he's coming from Tennessee. He's coming, he played SEC competition. So, I mean, that says something. Um, I, I, I think there is potential here for sure. I think, in, I think it's good, especially for Justin, to have that type of receiver who can do everything, who can do all, where you can put him anywhere and put him in the backfield and just let him go. So I think that's going to be very beneficial for Justin Fields going forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you also have to mention his returnability. That's something that the Bears yep. were looking for after the loss of Tariq Cohen. And Des Newsom was supposed to be that guy. He didn't really, or I guess he didn't really get a ton of opportunities at it. But I think we, I, I just Vance Jones Jr. will be that guy. You know, regardless of, of who Des Newsom is in that area. So, and and I will say, you know, he tweeted something after the draft. He said, "Look, you know, I, I ran a four through one." But the thing you have to understand is you run your fastest in the 40 yard dash when you are running straight. And he posted a video of him running, you know, it, it was like the view from the end of the 40 yard dash of him running. And you could see him when he runs, he runs like out of, he, he does not run straight. So I think what he was insinuating in that tweet is, Hey, I should have ran a four, a high four, two, if I ran straight. And, you know, sometimes I, I think sometimes the tape does reflect that. Sometimes I really don't see that, that, that raw four, two speed, but it is there, like that he he can run that speed and he has that ability. So you think about now the Bears defense defend or Bears offense, sorry, defending that man. Darnell Mooney four two speed. Byron Pringle I think may have been four two speed, maybe maybe four three. You know, Vellus Jones Jr. four three speed, potentially be four two speed. Equinemius St Brown, which I who I don't think will get a ton of opportunities Four or you know four three speed ish, four two high, four two you know. They have a threat on offense when it comes to the speed, sure. and they're they're what are they creating? They're creating a Kansas City Chiefs offense. That's what they're creating. <laughs> does the Kansas City Chiefs offense, aside from Travis Kelsey, who's a tight end, have big-bodied wide receivers in their past four years? I mean, their their tallest wide receiver was probably Sammy Watkins, who who was like sure. I don't know, is Sammy even like above six two? I mean, Sammy can't be that tall. And then Josh Gordon came in last year. That guy's a freak of nature, but he never played. They are trying to create the Kansas City offense with speed. And again, why are they doing that? Well, Ryan Post comes to Kansas City. And now, you know, yeah. there's people who say, well, you know, Nagy came from Kansas City and they didn't do that. I don't, I don't care, whatever. But um, I don't want to hear his name anyway. So let's, I, I, I like. I, again, I, if I had to grade the pick, I'm not going to grade it, but I, I wouldn't give it an A+. Plus, all right. I, I wouldn't give it an A+. Plus. Sure. This isn't to me like a dynamite pick. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's to steal the draft. Like it's not. But in four years, could we be saying, "Wow, you know, the Bears actually got good value in the third round from Bayless Jones Jr."? Yeah, I think you could be saying something rational like that. So, um, yeah, do we? Uh, we have about five minutes. Do you want to do a little? So, because we can't do every player right now, uh, Jake's got to run back to work. I do want let, to let's highlight one player each that we like from the rest of the draft, and then maybe next week we'll do the rest of the players. Um, sure. does that sound cool? Because there's yeah, one name so, I want to talk about. So,
1: so unsurprisingly, Ryan Poles after addressing the positions of need which was you know defensive backs and wide receiver he Mm -hmm. then just went right for the line the next five picks were all are not not five but four of the next five offensive linemen uh offensive linemen and one defensive lineman i mean credit to ryan Poles. he kept trading back trading back trading back getting late round picks um and and took shots on a bunch of different guys uh, a bunch of different offensive linemen and a defensive lineman so we kind of knew that was going to happen. Ryan Poles was a offensive lineman. He talked about how you got to build it in the trenches and then go from there. And I'm not surprised to see him take I'm this approach, uh, especially because you have unknown commodities in Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum, and you really have a hole at right guard still. So I'm not surprised to see him take this approach. And really if one of them hits, then you're successful. A and you're great. Then yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I mean, you know who you know who I'm going to say just because I'm familiar with his play, Doug Kramer from Illinois. He's oh a six God, year yeah, starter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 I mean, it makes more sense than me just picking one know, of the other guys who I know nothing about. Know. Uh, Kramer was the center at Illinois, and he was by far their best offensive lineman uh, the last three years. He was steady. He was oh, like you could
0: count on him. Was he better than <laughs> Gary Illinois? O? Um, because Vidarian Lowe got taken ahead of him to the Vikings, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I i shouldn't say he was the best offensive lineman, he was your most steady, the guy that you could count on the most. Mm-hmm. He was a part of the unit from a few years ago that had Alex Polchevsky and guys that ended up going to the uh, Kendrick Green. So, Kramer, he was the captain of that unit, he was a vocal leader in the locker room as well. Um, I, I really like it. I, I hope he can stick, um, but he can play all along the line. He doesn't have to be a center. He, I think he could play guard as well. Um, I, and I just, I, he's reliable. And availability is a talent. I mean, we've seen that in the NFL. Availability yes. is a talent. Um, I think he can be that type of like Alex bars type player where you he might start on the practice different. squad, but then he, comes up and you plug him in as that extra lineman on certain packages or he starts and, and when needed. So yeah, I mean, I like Kramer. I think he could stick. I hope he can stick. I just from watching him too uh, over the last few years, but I, I, he's my guy to watch out of all these, like, cause really, I mean, all these guys are late round guys too. You're just throwing darts. I mean, two, you know, one offense lineman was in the fifth round. All the other ones were six round seventh round. So they're dart throws. You're hoping they're, if they stick on the roster, it's yeah, better. For you. Like, you know, it's successful.
0: Well, think about dude, the past three years of bears football. Like you've had that that has been the most injury ridden position group on the team. Right. And like guys would go down and you'd be like, who the who the hell are we putting out there? Like now you right. have actual bodies you can put out there. And that is really, really comforting. And you play the probability game, play the probability game. Like the more you draft, the better odd throw one of them is going to pan out. And right. you know what that means? I don't, I don't know if it'll play. Our guy, Mustapher, is probably on his way out. We got to get – oh, wow. That is quite – wow. That was loud. That was quite quite the Moostap from YouTube. Uh, Mustapher, you know, if you are – you know, there's a lot of new viewers here on YouTube right now. Uh, Here we go. There he is, baby. Sam Mustapher. shame thank you (laughs) in the chat. Uh, we 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 like to have a little bit of fun with Mustapher, but it, it probably means he's on his way out. I know Jay's got to head out of here, but I really want to highlight real quick Dominic Robinson, uh, who to me and to many people actually, not just for the Bears, was possibly the steal of the entire NFL draft. I mean, this guy. His his you talk about ceiling versus floor. His ceiling might be the highest of any player in the draft. I mean, this was a player who converted from wide receiver, turned himself into a defensive end, and had good production from that position. But the raw athleticism was there. Now everyone knew that okay, he he, he because he was a wide receiver convert to defensive end. Well, obviously he's not as polished at that position, but. His physical attributes, his bend, his flexibility. I mean, when we were doing our breakdown, it was like you you didn't see many players better than him at bending under uh, a tackle and getting around just because of the raw athleticism that he has from being a wide receiver. And all the scouting reports on him are the fact that, look, he's played it for, you know, I don't know, I forget how many years he played it, you know, one or two years. You know, you get him with the right coaching staff, you can turn this guy into an absolute monster because he is an athletic freak. And people, the comparison that people are making is sort of like a Leonard Floyd from that athleticism aspect, but he's a lot stronger than Leonard Floyd was. We knew that was the limitation with Leonard Floyd all along was that he was really athletic and he can get to the quarterback (laughs) through swim moves and through dipping and through flexibility, but he could never power a guy over. Um, He could Uh never power a stronger uh, tackle on either side. Dominic Robinson has the ability to do that you give the right coaching staff around him, you can turn him into a good player. And really just it, holistically for the whole draft, you found a lot of players who are sort of developmental guys, and you are putting a sure. whole lot of faith and trust in your coaching staff to turn these into more polished NFL starters. And I I love that. And I have more confidence that this staff can do that because you had zero confidence in the prior years that they could do that with, 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 with the staff that they had. I had no trust that they could take a player and develop that player. And we had the historical evidence to prove that, with the new regime, with the new staff, I do have trust that with players like Vegas Jones Jr., with more raw players like Dominique Robinson, or even you know Braxton Jones, who uh, who has some really good run blocking attributes, but you know needs a little bit more help in the pass game. And we'll break down some of those guys later. You have the ability to to bring these guys in and turn them into good players. Also, Master Teague, undrafted free agent. I had to say, I'm from Ohio State. Uh, great pick, absolute monster, absolute freak. He, there was guys better than him at Ohio State this past year. That's why he didn't play. It doesn't mean he's a bad player. Um, he's going to get his chance, and he's going to be paired up back with his old college teammate Justin Fields, also one of the most high-character men I covered at Ohio State. So I love that undrafted free agent pick. But, yeah, man, I mean, this class excites you a little bit. They turned six picks into, what, 11 total Yeah, or, or, or 10? Like yeah, that, is a, that, that, that alone is enough for me to say, if we want to put a grade on it, A, for Brian Bowles, just because you acquired that many picks Loved what he did yeah. on day three. So I'm content, it,
1: it was a good awareness by Ryan Poles knowing that, okay, we – Did I say pace? Did I say no, use the
0: polls. Okay, okay. I feel like I've done that a few times in the past. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> um,
1: no, I think it was good awareness by him to, mm-hmm. to say, okay, we need bodies. In this, like we need bodies on this team. Um, just to be like, all right, we, we just need guys. Um, and we said that on the show. We said in the past, like, you just need warm bodies in yeah. some of these rooms. Uh, You know, receiver, offensive line were ones that we highlighted. So credit to him for knowing that and kind of being a, a way to say, all right, yeah, this is what we're working with. Need more young guys. So credit to him for that. Yeah, I think it was fine. I'm not going to give grades. I'm not going to pass judgment because we'll see what happens. I think it, I, from what we know, you got three starters with your top three picks. I I think that's commendable in and of itself. So, great. I'm happy with that. Um and and two of them, the first two picks, I think are going to be high-level starters, have the potential to be at least. So, mm-hmm. I think that's great. But, yeah, I mean, this has been a it's been a, a intriguing start to the Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus regime so we'll say we'll say it that way an intriguing start but this has been bears nation podcast shout out to everyone for coming through for the uh afternoon episode when we're not usually uh doing afternoons but hey it works out you guys come through so we appreciate you so thank you for watching for the people listening we appreciate you just as much you guys consume it after the recording we appreciate you just as much you guys are the best viewers listeners kevin you're also the best appreciate you again great job on the draft the coverage you crushed (laughs) it man but we'll be back next week we'll break down a couple more of these guys a little bit more in depth and you know maybe there'll be some signings that we can break down because man do you still need people so until next time everyone thank you for watching thank you for listening and as always bear it out